Welcome in everybody to the Petcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Today, season standings update, the first update, the MCGs, and also Centennial Lakes. The Centennial Lakes Open taking place next Wednesday, July 13th at 6 p.m. We will talk at the end of this podcast all about that course, which I had the opportunity to play earlier this week. Weather's looking very nice for next week. Okay, so let's start with the standings. Uh, We are, gosh, I think we're um, five, we are six events into this Puttcraft season, the 22-23 season. For those of you who are not aware, we run from April 1st to March 31st. This is season two. And this is um, everybody who's played in a Puttcraft event uh, is eligible for the standings. So if you've only played in one event, um, you are eligible for the standings. I will say this. <clears throat> I am... Um, it is pretty cumbersome to go down 80, 90, 100 people, especially when, you know, a dozen or so of those have only played in one event. So I'm, when you see the graphic, uh, it's very likely that unless, uh, somebody's in the top 15, unless they have one of more than one event played, I'm not going to list them. So for example, my lovely wife who is tied for 36 right now, one event, um, she's not going to be listed on the graphic only because the graphic gets so large it takes forever to do. Um, so that, that, that's just for my sanity more than anything else. Sean Brown, uh, 94 and a half points leads off the, uh, the standings in first place. Um, your best four events are going to be uh, taken into account here. And Sean has played all six. So his best four count towards his place right now. So if you've only played four, you aren't penalized at all. And if you've played five, you then get to dismiss your worst one, for example. Second place, Matt Rolstead at 88 points. Third place, Anthony Dunkel at 62.3 points. Fourth place, Joel Brown at 51.5 points. Fifth place, Matt Wyman, 49.5 points. Sixth place, Brady Storhoff at 49 points. Seventh place, Josh Benish at 43.5 points. Eighth place, Sam Lapidot at 42 points. Ninth place, Dan Wesley at 33 points. Tenth place, Sean Anderson at 32.8 points. Those are your top 10. I will take a quick breather and get going on the next 10. 11th place, Tom Loftus, 32 points. 12th place, Nick Noble, 29.5 points. 13th place, Matt Langer, 25.5 points. 14th place, Robin Schwartzman, 23 points. 15th place, Daryl Hummony, 21 points. In a tie for 16th is Adam DeVore and Rick Lestico at 19 points. In 18th place, Joel LaChapelle at 17 points. In a tie for 19th place, Tim Albrecht and Kathleen Malone at 16 points. In a uh, 21st place, Dominique Ling at 13.5 points. 22nd place, Jason Peterson at 13 points. 23rd place, Caden Burkhart at 12.5 points. 24th place, RJ Dusak at 11 points. Keep in mind, RJ's played in one event, um, and he has 11th place. I guess Dominique Ling has played in one event as well, and I might be missing one other person. Tim Albrecht as well. 
Um, excuse me, one event this season. Tim Albrecht played in uh, the Moose Mountain Open, so he's played more than one event. Uh, 25th place, John Maddening, 10 points. 26th place, Adam Burke, 9 points. 27th place, Sam Goley at 8 points. Tied for 28th, J.D. Ford and Scott Moyer at 5 points each. 30th place, Ryan Vermeer with 4 points. Tied for 31st place, Patrick Connors and Matt Heimerman at 3.5 points. Tied for 33rd place, Brian Bleckinger and Connor Lestico at 3 points. 35th place, Christina Johnson at 2.5 points. And then in a tie for 36th place with 1 point, B. Bleckinger, Sam Jensen, Marky Cavanay, and Sheila Nelson. So, I will update the main page. That's where you'll be able to see the standings on the main page. Probably won't happen tonight, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, but you're listening here, and you just got the top 36. Technically, we have 37, 39 total players so forth far this season. Very, very, very excited about that. Okay, let's flip over to the MCGs. And I'm reading this off my phone because, for whatever reason, Gmail on desktop uh not working i'm not totally sure what all of that is about so let me search here for matt rolstead um also got to give a major shout out to uh matt rolstead for putting these together he also put together some season two leaderboards uh which we'll uh get to at some point in the very new near future here thank you matt as always okay mcg time we're going down to 26 players um let me read you the fine print real quick this was updated after the last event the como park open 26 out of 101 unique players are eligible for ranking kind of cool that we hit the 100 mark uh, minimum ranking eligibility requirements, at least three events, 25% of events held within the last six months. Uh, so in the last six months, we've had 10 events. You need three in the last 10. Um, 12, 31, 21, New Year's Eve, uh, next to drop from MCG eligibility, effective upon conclusion of Centennial Lakes Open. MCG scores average of base points scored by position earned per event participated plus bonus points for event wins top finishes event low 18 whole round score and participation probably could have read that a little bit better okay 26 players we're gonna go from 26 to 1 because why not 26th marky cabinet um 2.6 i'm actually not gonna read the points off on these 26th place marky cabinet 25th place ryan vermeer 24th place john maddening 23rd place connor lestico 22nd place kathleen malone 21st place jason peterson 20th place matt langer 19th place joel lashbell 18th place daryl hummany 17th place robin schwartzman 16th place adam devore 15th place timmy albrecht 14th place sam lapidot 13th place rick lestico 12th place, Sean Anderson. And a tie for 10th, Joel Holm and Tom Loftus, 75.8 points. 9th place, Josh Benesh, Benesh. at 80.75 points. Sorry, Josh, uh, it's in my head. It's in my head big time. Benesh, Josh Benesh. In 8th place, Brady Storhoff, 89.7 points. 7th place, Justin Hackman. 97.5 points. Sixth place, Joel Brown, 113.8. Fifth place, Anthony Dunkel, 115.5. Fourth place, Dan Wesley, 126.6. Third place, Matt Wyman, 136.4. Second place, Matt Rolstead, 230.9. First place, Sean Brown, 333.6. This reminds me uh, that um, Matt did tweak 
uh, it looks like more than tweaked the um, the MCGs. I think this is 5.0 now because those points are a lot different from the last time we saw it. So there's your MCGs, the yearly standings. Um, again, the MCGs, an unbiased look at who's playing well currently. Okay. So a couple of things today, I posted a rookie of the year, um, race recap, however you want to look at it. Just so you guys know, those are meant to be fun. Um, Joel Brown is running away with rookie there right now. I'm just going to throw that out there, but it's meant to be fun. We've got nine months left of this season. So we are far, far, far from over. Um, there's going to be people in the mix when it's all said and done this year that we haven't even heard of yet. I mean, they exist, but we haven't heard of them yet. So I uh, picked those five players out. Um, you know, Caden Burkhart, Dominic Ling have both played in one event. They're going to be candidates too if, if, if we see them again soon. So, um, but I, I think I think all five uh, could, could be interesting. Right now, Joel Brown, obviously very much in the lead. Um, but uh, again, that was just sort of for fun. Always trying to play around with, with, uh, with, with different things, different concepts. Just have fun with it. See what sticks. Some things work. Some things don't work. And it's all good. Speaking of work, let's talk about Centennial Lakes. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun playing this course. I think Sheila and I are actually heading back this weekend. That's how much fun I had playing it. Okay, so a a, a lot to discuss here. I have posted the photos to the best of my ability um, on puttcraft.com. Um, you can go take a look at that. They, they are not going to help you too much, um, but they are, um, you know, uh, it, it gives you an idea. I've said this before. There is an O Street video on YouTube that is just an excellent, excellent um, uh, uh, look at the course. I, I would highly recommend um, uh, getting out there before next Wednesday. Here's who's going to win this tournament. The person who adjusts the best from first round to second round and the person who plays conservative or or finishes, you know, doesn't wreck their round in the front 18. I think that's going to be really, really, really key. I played it. I think I hit 14. I hit 14 of 18 fairways because I wasn't playing super aggressive, um, which, you know, I, I, I think... That's the beauty of this course is that there are so many different ways and different strategies to go about it. So hitting the fairways to me wasn't that difficult, partly because I wasn't, you know, going for four hole in ones in every single hole. I was going, I was hitting hard shots um, where I thought I could land it in the fairway because the roughs are tricky. Um, that first cut wasn't really a big deal, but that second cut, if you somehow end up in there, uh, good luck. Okay. So let's talk relief real quickly. Water is water. Um, and, and if you go in there, you obviously get a drop outside of that water. Uh, the rocks, you do get relief from the rocks. Okay. There's rocks there. And if you find yourself, uh, the same, you know, up against a rock, the same relief rules apply. There is no other relief on the course. If you're buried in rough, you're buried in rough. If you're in sand, you're in sand. Um, so, and, and, and if you're, if you're up against a rock 
in the water, you're in the water. <laughs> I know somebody's going to get cute and ask me that. Hey, do I get relief? I'm up against a rock. Yeah, no, you're in the water. Um, so, you know, <sighs> that would be my advice. If I were to give you any advice is that first 18, don't wreck your round, play conservative off the tee and go for it after the fact. Now, speaking of conservative off the tee, the tee boxes are in tough shape. Now, for those of you who have not been out there, let me do my best to explain them to you. I'm going to pull up um, the photos that I have here. Okay, so I'm just looking at hole one here. That's not the best example. If I go to hole, hmm, hole six, I guess, is a good example. So first off, that... The tee box is very Midwest golf dome-like. It's like cement. It looks like nice, clean turf. It's not. It's really hard. And on some of the holes that are slanted, the ball doesn't really stay. It, like, falls off the tee box. Now, there's some man-made, I will just call them divots, that... There were a couple of situations where I actually ended up putting my ball in one of those very, very shallow divots because I didn't really have a choice. Now, I know some of you are going to ask me, Reed, can we just tee off in front of the tee box on the green? And I'm going to say no. We're going to give this course a go the right way. The other thing is that the lip between that I'll just call it a concrete tee box and the putting green or the fairway, if you will, is rough. Um, and some of them is it, it kind of, it, for some holes, my ball launched almost like a ramp. If that makes sense. Um, you're hitting the ball in most cases, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 feet. So it, it, it doesn't really have that big of an effect on it. It's not like you're, you know, you're trying to hit a 10 foot putt and that there's a line right down the middle. So it, it's not a big deal, but it is a little bit annoying. Um, for as beautiful as the course is, uh, th th this was a problem. Hole seven is a really good example. If, if you look at hole seven, um, that is a, that is a balanced shot a photo and the ball just kind of dips off to the right i believe towards the water uh nine is another thing or a, another one where it's it's really difficult to tee off and if you look at 10 you could really see that the 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 ridge <coughs> excuse me between the tee box and the fairway we'll call it but you know it, it it's it's minor it, it's minor it it's it's it, it's it's a lot of fun. This course is awesome. Okay, um, I don't think this course is as long as you think it is. Um, I got stuck behind a couple of families, but if it were just me out there by myself, I would say five to ten percent longer than Lilliput. Maybe maybe not even. Um, it it it's not. It's not this, oh my gosh, like on, on their website, it says an hour and a half to two hours. And that's, that's not true. Now, again, if you get stuck behind a family, which is, which is all good, um, that's where things get a little bit tricky. So we're going to pair up into threesomes, not four. And truthfully, 
I mean, I think we'll play it like traditional golf in that we'll all tee off and then we'll all hit our next shot and we'll all hit our next shot. I don't bring a ball marker, bring a ball marker, but I, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Um, you know, and, and if, and if, if, if your ball hits somebody else's ball, uh, I believe the rule is, and I'll do some research on this. You play it as it lies. They play it where it was. So they get to replace their ball. You have to play it as it lies, but you can always ask them to mark the ball, but let's not be marking balls off the tee. I I think that's, I think that's a little extreme, I would say. Okay. Um, Here's what we're going to do. Let me just check my notes here. So last week, the discussion was, okay, I talked rocks, I talked rough, I talked water, I talked sand. Okay, one thing with the water. If you look at hole 13, there's water left. When you're dropping your ball, like, okay, ball goes in the water, you get, I'm giving you a full club length drop mark from where the ball entered the water. So the question is, Reed, do I have to put the ball in the rough if I go in the water? You do not. You get a full club length from the water. Most courses, it's six inches, but this is a little bit different because six inches from the water, you're going to be in rock, right? So you're going to get a full club length drop. And and then that's how I think traditional golf is two full club lengths. Uh, But we're not doing that because then you'll be right in the center of the fairway. Okay. Talked sand. I didn't go in the sand once, um, but I think if you do go in the sand, you're you're staring at an eight pretty quickly. Okay. So last week we had a pretty long chat or I talked a lot about changing pars. And um, the reason why this came back up is because of Como Park, because I had forgotten that I had already changed the pars at Como Park. Um, which again, we, we hadn't played that course in almost a year, something I had forgotten about. And 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 the pars were pretty extreme. And we're gonna keep the Como Park pars the way I have them currently. I was 20 using the Centennial Lakes pars. I was 21 over par, and that's with hitting 14 of 18 fairways, by the way, um, which I, I thought was pretty good. And on two of those that I didn't hit, one of them I went in the water, but on two that I didn't hit, I was in first cut rough. I was right there on the edge. It really, really, really didn't have a huge effect. But I was still 21 over. That was after, and I, I played okay. I played okay is the point that I'm trying to make. That was after 18 holes. So I was heading for a zero BE percentage and a 42 over par. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to add a stroke, a par stroke to every hole at Centennial Lakes. <clears throat> so if it's a par two, it's actually a par three. If it's par three, it's actually a par four. If it's par four, it's actually a par five. Even with that in mind, I think we're looking at a, man, it's tough to say. I mean, I would have been three over and I played okay. Um, I think we're looking at a winner somewhere in that five to seven under range would be my guess, which is about where it should be. Okay. So Como Park's pars are, um, they're, they're staying changed. We're adding a stroke to each 
par here at Centennial Lakes. We're not going to change any other pars. Again, asked and answered again. But the BE and the BEP are going to become adjusted BE and BEPs. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to simply call them adjusted BE, adjusted BEP for like six months. And then they're just going to be known as BE and BEP. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, adjust them. I'm going to adjust uh, and it, it'll, it'll be a very black and white adjustment. And it's not going to be this extreme adjustment. Okay. It's just going to be lily putt is still going to be a course you're going to want to play to improve your BE percentage, but it's not going to be as extreme as it was before. So again, it'll just be known as BE and BEP, but I'm going to call it adjusted BE and adjusted BEP. So lily putt will come down. Dred Scott and Midwest Golf Dome will come up or whichever, vice versa, however you want to say that. And it's only going to be a few strokes. Um, it's, 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 it's not going to be, um, very extreme and I'm going to use, um, you know, actual data. It's not going to be something that I'm just going to pull off the top of my head. So for example, we may shave five strokes off your par at Lilliput based on, um, the average score at Lilliput minus the outliers being, um, uh, over 18 strokes under par, over 15 strokes under par, something like that. It'll be, it'll be something very, um, black and white. It's not going to be a gray area. And again, for the final time, I'm going to call it adjusted, but eventually it's just going to be the norm. Um, and I, I, I really, really want, I want us to look at BE and BEP percentage, like Major League Baseball looks at batting average, right? And, you know, of course there are, you know, the, the longer you go in your career, the more the batting average is, is, is static, is not moving. Um, you know, and it, 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 it accounts for, oh, that one time where you went up against that awesome picture or pitcher, or that one time where you went up against a string of terrible pitchers. So, that is um, what we're going to do moving forward with BE and BEP percentage. Okay, one last thing about Centennial Lakes is it's actually very easy to find. Um, the GPS is going to tell you that you park in like this strip mall. Then you kind of pull up the map and you're like, oh my gosh, that's quite the walk to get to this course. And then you realize that it's actually like 100 feet. Um, I, I was very, I was very deceived by my GPS and thinking that I was going to have to walk like a quarter mile to this course, but it's, it's, it's right there. Um, uh, and, and again, the GPS will, will, will lead you there, but it's, it's, it's very easy to find. It's very centrally located. And truthfully, I'm already planning our second event, um, here later this fall. I, I love this course. Um, it's, it's going to be an absolute blast. I think it's going to be, um, in, in, in a lot of ways, I don't want to say free for all, but that's kind of what it feels like a little bit, just because like you can, things can, things can go off the rails pretty quickly. I could see a situation where, you know, we've got somebody up four strokes with three to play or, and boom, just like that, 
you know, they got second or third place. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking, I'm looking very much forward to it. Wednesday, July 13th, 6 p.m. Um, they, they allow us to play till sundown. So, um, we, uh, we have to start right at six, uh, and, uh, and we will see you on Wednesday.